0: Yeah, we don't want you to be a killjoy. And uh, that's impure, Dana. Uh, let's rather just focus on some of these challenges that challenge our relationships and provide solutions, um, because uh, there's always a way. And uh, this afternoon, focusing on erectile dysfunction. This is Amaji Damajen's uh, conversations uh, for men about men and uh, two men. And you can connect with us at S A F M Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook, and hashtag S A F M Lifetime Live, and WhatsApp voice notes on 0614. 0614- 104 107 and you can also give us a call on 0891 104 207 and you find us 104 fm nationwide as we lead the conversations and right now uh going joining us on the line is uh, dr shingai modambira um and uh, we talk about erectile dysfunction good afternoon and welcome dr mudambira
1: hi Sorry, how are you?
0: It's been a while. Yes. It's been a while. You're one of those uh, people that uh, should be on speed dial cuz you save relationships. I've always said this to you.
2: <laughs> Thanks for saying.
0: So, uh, so let's talk about how common or uncommon is erectile dysfunction.
1: Okay, I think first let's just define what erectile dysfunction is because guys out there all have their own aspects about what's going on. Yeah. And the point of the matter is that when a guy gets an erection, what's happening is essentially the two sponge like tissues in the penis called the corpora. And there's an increase in blood flow into those sponges when the guy is getting an erection, which then uh, makes them enlarge and then it doesn't let the blood come out. So in other words an erection is just a lot of blood in the penis, it's not a bone or a muscle.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that blood vessel is controlled essentially by some nerves which come from the back and finally from the brain. So if you if you have a problem with erection, remember it can happen to almost every guy. Once or twice in their life, we always have a bit of failure here and there. But the thing is that the we've we if it's only if it's consistently uh, having a problem with erections for more than uh, three months continuously, mm-hmm. that's where the problem. Sorry, I'm on, I'm not on, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, again, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. So what we usually do is if if the if if the, the situation for people sorry who have problems with erections is a little bit different. Because the thing is that we, we know that if you're going to be defining recovery function as a situation where the patient is not able to maintain an erection sufficient satisfactory sexual activity mm-hmm. for at least three months, then you're looking if as if, if you were if to look at the um, the data at about the age at 30 years of age, about 30, about 12 percent of guys will have a problem. Yeah. Once you reach 40 of guys will have some problem as well and as we get older it continues to increase and in reality if you live long enough you will get some form of erectile dysfunction but the important thing mm-hmm. is that if it, we know that the majority of guys the underlying cause is not just in the brain the brain is involved but it's also about the what we call organic or underlying problems things like diabetes hypertension mm-hmm. HIV all of these can contribute to erectile dysfunction.
0: So, what sort of uh, male sexual problems does it lead to? Should it not be um, uh, fixed?
1: Yeah, excellent question. The, the problem is that we know that 80% of guys who have persistent erectile dysfunction will have some, what we call cardiovascular disease, which means something that can lead to a heart attack, a stroke, loss of limb, and the underlying causes of that are things like the, the diabetes, as I said, high, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. high cholesterol. And if a guy has erectile dysfunction and he hasn't been checked for these things, we may be missing a very important sign that we could actually treat the patient beforehand. So I think if if with the, the answer is that we need to take it very seriously because the point is that if you do have a persistent erectile dysfunction, you are at a five times higher risk of developing a heart attack, stroke, or sure. loss of limb in the future.
0: And and I mean, how does one know that this is? any erectile dysfunction?
1: Yeah. I think the the point is, as I said, first of all, guys, every guy does have failure sometimes. And the older we get, our best directions are between the ages of 18 and 22. After that, we all start wearing down a little bit. We're no longer as efficient as we used to be for various reasons. But the point is that I think if the guy is getting stressed about it and he knows that this has been persisting, then I think we need to, he or his partner needs to understand that this needs to be investigated further, mm-hmm.
0: uh, Doctor Mutambira, Earlier on, as you were explaining what it is, um, I mean, partly you began to um, talk a little about what causes it. Uh, maybe yeah. if we can just uh, uh, expand more on that, the causes okay.
1: of ED. I think, for the purposes of the of the audience, there's only really five causes of erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. One is if there's the damage to the sponge tissues, these corpora, and these can be like scars and things and damage, and be, even the penis can fracture as well, and these can cause a problem with erection. Second is if the blood flow into the penis is not appropriate, and that can be because of damage to the inside coatings of the blood vessels by diabetes, hypertension, like HIV, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Third is if the nerves are not working properly. So even like our paraplegic patients, they often do have a problem with erectile function as well. And the fourth one is the brain, where you think about it, because if you're stressing, you're under pressure, depression, it's going to cause you to get a problem with erection. And the fifth one is the, what we call the man chemical testosterone, which is the one that gives us our beard and our deep voice and stuff. And we know that we can go into what we call a manopause not a menopause, but manopause where we have a decrease in our testosterone as we get older. And that can predispose for various reasons. To erectile dysfunction as well. As
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. You deficiency. have to slow down on that. Did you just mention menopause?
1: Menopause, yeah. Okay.
0: Menopause,
1: yeah. So that's the, with a well recognized thing. We call it, we, technically, we call it testosterone deficiency syndrome. And we uh-huh. know from about the age of 30, the man chemical starts decreasing, and then we get problems with like decreased feelings of sex, decreased erections, but also irritability poor sleep patterns and things mm. like that. And the percentages are quite high. It depends on which data you look at. But uh, from about 30, we know our, there's a, about a 1% decline in our testosterone levels year on year. And a lot of men are symptomatic by the time they reach even 50, 40 or 50.
0: And and what about lifestyle-related choices, like, um, you know, excess abuse of, of uh, alcohol yeah. or drugs?
1: Yeah, I think that's extremely... Extremely important. We the, the behavioral part is very important. I think the basic thing is the same as for every general health. You must know, decrease the number of calories in, and do a bit of exercise. Those are the two cornerstones of, of weight loss for general health cardiovascular issues because, as I said, erectile dysfunction is a cardiovascular issue. Next, no smoking. Smoking is probably the most important social uh, choice a person can make. It damages everything, mm. including your erection and gives you cancer and everything, so you really should not be smoking. The fourth is not to get stressed. Depression is a huge issue in our country as well, and it needs to be addressed. And I think besides that, when it comes to drugs and various other things, everything in moderation, a little bit of alcohol is not too bad for for, for your erections. A little bit of of, 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 of uh, sweet things and things, lots of sugars can be okay as well. But I think you have to have everything in moderation. And mm-hmm. as, as we know that that some of the, a lot of the illegal illicit drugs can also cause damage to the to, to your to your sexual activity. For example, uh, opiates like heroin and things like that are well recognized to show decrease the amount of testosterone in her, that's being made in the body. Um, and things. We're actually doing some trials on that at the moment about sexual activity, and there is a definite link between them. So I think the point is to avoid things which you know are dangerous to your health, but make sure you also do take good care of yourself by making sure you exercise, have a good diet, no smoking, and no stress.
0: And we take your calls on 0891 uh, 104 Dr. Mutambira Shanghai Mutambira is joining us as a urologist, and uh, as we talk about uh, uh, ED, as uh, many would affectionately uh, noted, and uh, we talk about how it's diagnosed. When we come back after this break, call Criselda now 0891 104 207. And uh, thank you for connecting with us. Uh, this is Lifetime Live with me, Chris Alda Dudumash, and joining us on the line is uh, Dr. Shingai Mutambira. as we talk about erectile dysfunction. This is Amaji Damajens and uh, we have conversations with men, for men and about men and, uh, and some male related issues. And uh, this afternoon, uh, I don't know if I should link this to that imaginary conference where a lot of people come back um, stressed <laughs> from the very popular conference that uh, never was. And uh, let's talk about how, how it's diagnosed.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think the most important thing is just to be vigilant as guys. We, there, we, we, women and, and men both have uh, have sexual dysfunction. The commonest for guys are erectile dysfunction. Uh, the, but the, the, even more common is what we call premature ejaculation, where we ejaculate before uh, or, or within 30 seconds of penetration, or if it's too, if it's, if, even if it objectively feels like it's too short. Mm-hmm. And then the third major one is usually uh, about the feelings of sex, libido. Which is based a lot on testosterone, as I said. And then the fourth one is issues with ejaculation, such as pain on ejaculation or, or, or not, no ejaculate coming out. Now, I think what, so if a guy or a partner thinks that there's a problem with any of these things, they should go, at least approach, the, they should come approach a, a medical practitioner. And mm-hmm. GPs are excellent at first line to deal with most of these things because each of them does require slightly different investigations and slightly different uh, and, and treatments as well. Uh, the erectile dysfunction, the commonest treatments are usually tablets once we've changed the behavioral changes and we've addressed the lifestyle issues. Uh, premature ejaculation, there's a lot to do with the chemicals in the brain called. mainly just get, making sure you do take it seriously It's
2: And mm-hmm. going on for
1: three months we know that you're going to have you could have a heart attack stroke loss and besides the fact that you're losing uh, the pleasure of sex as well as the, the intimacy with if you do have a partner as well so I think we we have to take control of this because uh, if you don't go and see yourself get this effect out you maybe
0: Dr. Mdamiro, I seem to be losing you a bit. Um, I'm not sure no. what's happening uh, with the line, uh, but it sounds better now. Uh, okay. g- g- let's talk about, uh, you know, it's, it's much easier to just focus on uh, some of the tests that are conducted. But how important okay. is being honest in the history taking?
1: I think that's the, one of the major things that we these guys do. We rarely, We often come into the office, or even if you know you've got a problem, you don't accept it so you'll come in and complain maybe about a headache or something without actually putting to the core that you've got erectile dysfunction. And I think we need to make it with, as guys or as a partner, if the guy is not being forthright, we need to come out and say, listen, this is an issue. And the most important part of any diagnosis, whether it's erectile dysfunction or any other condition, is the history, what you tell us, and our examination.
2: Mm-hmm. The special
1: investigations are just ancillary for the majority of, of patients. So if you have a problem with erectile dysfunction and you know that's your main issue, you'll come, you can go to your GP or to your, uh, your primary care physician. They will then have to ask you a couple of questions about your lifestyle, about diabetes, this and the other. Do an examination, make sure there's nothing majorly dangerous going on. And then sometimes we do a couple of blood tests depending on, on what the history and examination shows. Most of the time we don't really need to do any blood tests. Make a diagnosis, but the point is that if, 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 if you if haven't been checked for sugar, you should get checked. If you haven't got, if you've got high blood if you haven't been checked for high blood pressure, you should check for that, and you should get your cholesterol checked. And then, of course, I always tell people they must get their HIV status as well if they haven't had it recently, because the point is that HIV we know can also damage the blood vessels and nerves, and can also lead to erectile dysfunction and other sexual dysfunction.
0: And, and, you know, it's also advised um, that whilst at it, uh, you also uh, check for the prostate. Is What is the link?
1: Okay, um, the prostate is a little gland that's sitting around the pipe for passing urine, which is also the pipe for ejaculation, which we call urethra. And its job is to produce about 30% of what a guy ejaculates. because are things like protein, stuff, which supports the sperm. And then the other 70% is really made by another gland called seminal vesicles. Little of what of guy ejaculates sperm, mainly this other stuff. And around the age of 40 as well, which is where the, where the erectile dysfunction starts to become a problem, there can be an increase in the size of the prostate, and the prostate can actually become a cancer in about 20% of men.
2: Mm-hmm. And prostate
1: cancer is the commonest cancer in men.
0: Let's listen to this uh, one
2: voice
0: note uh, on 614 So in a case, uh, this is, is Kesna speaking. In a case where you are um, HIV positive or you have diabetes, how do you help that problem? How do you get cure or healing or get an erection, how do you help yourself in getting an erection? Alright, is there a possibility, a connection yeah, with maybe a person I, who's on ARVs and not uh, oh getting yeah. an erection? Yeah, I,
1: I think the ARV, remember the HIV thing, it's not, it's, it's almost, an, it's, once you um, Yeah, um, so yeah once we, got Yeah. We're losing
0: diabetes, you once again, Doc?
1: Sorry, yeah. Now, I said, once you've got HIV, remember that you. you the, the, in South Africa, it's been such a success that we've managed to make sure that patients on treatment actually live to the same life expectancy as anybody else. Mm-hmm. You, the, and so, what we usually do in tell is, first of all, HIV itself can damage the blood vessels. It's one of the things you should be checked for. But like, well, you must get onto treatment, the treatments, the ARVs, are very sufficient. But they can also cause erectile problems and other sexual dysfunctions. But the point is, once you're on treatment you can actually be put onto the standard management that we usually would do for a patient who is not HIV positive. Similarly with diabetes, if you haven't picked it up, you'll, the diabetes can kill you. HIV, if you don't pick, pick it up, it can kill you. So I don't think the issue is about getting checked for that. I think the more important thing is for you to just do the standard things that you normally do anyways. If you are HIV positive, you can still have great sex. We can still make you do these things that will help you. If you're a diabetic, we've still lots of stuff we can fix you up with as well. So. It shouldn't be a, a one or the other. It's both mm. of them can be running concurrently.
0: And, and, and as we talk about uh, treatment options available um, after this uh, news break, I'd like to know prolonged because so, for some people it, it's easier to just uh, pop the blue pill and not um, get it treated effectively. Uh, let, let's yeah. uh, talk about that after well. the news headlines. At SAFM Radio and at Positive
3: GP on Twitter.
0: Once again, we appreciate each and every one of you and appreciate uh, you connecting with us uh, via these connection points at SAFM Radio both on Twitter and Facebook and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Uh, What's up voice notes on 614 107 and also taking your calls on 891 207 talking about uh, erectile dysfunction this afternoon and I did indicate when we started this conversation that uh, this is an educational conversation and not explicit and uh, just um, pornographic in nature so some of these voice notes we cannot play on air um, because this conversation is about just teaching not, not Entertainment and uh, Dr. Shingai Mudamira, um who is a urologist, uh, is available to answer your questions, comments, and uh, we also now are joined by Nicole Jennings, who is uh, from she's a spokesperson from Pharma Dynamics, and uh, uh, to talk about uh, the latest research. Good afternoon and welcome, Nicole. Good
4: afternoon. Thank you
0: so much. Maybe before we talk about, uh, you know, the latest uh, research from Pharmadynamics, uh, let's talk, Dr. Mutambira, about uh, prolonged. Uh, if uh, you know you don't get this uh, treated and you continuously just pop the blue pill, um, what then happens?
1: Well, I think again, the whole point is that the erectile dysfunction is usually an indicator of some underlying medical condition which needs to be addressed. But once it has been addressed we usually start discussing about the, as we said earlier, about the lifestyle changes, and that's super important. But the point is that often, it's like an, an relatively older car, even if you if you want it to perform like it used to, it's not. So often you need to have some sort of enhancement. So popping the blue pill as you put it in inverted commas, is not a terrible thing at all. In fact, we know that if once the patient has been uh, fully worked up, he's made sure he's no other issues, he's on treatment, he's taking care, he's stopped smoking, he's exercising, eating appropriately, then the first-line treatments for erectile dysfunction are what we call the PDE5s or phosphodiesterase inhibitors, which basically are working on the, on the, the muscles around the blood vessels, and they're just helping them to relax when you feel sexually stimulated. And they're extremely effective. They're, I mean, up to 90 percent of patients who respond to it. They've got very, essentially, very minor side effects, and they all—they're different. There are three main main ones in South Africa. One is Sofenafil, which would be your blue pill, there's um, Tadalafil, uh, and then there's Vardenafil. But the point is, all of them are are essentially effective. They're very safe. They do have side effects, but they're all about increasing blood flow. They get a bit of headache, a bit of flushing, uh, gastritis. And in reality, almost any patient who has erectile dysfunction can get on it, except for three uh, with main issues. One is if they're on something called a nitrate, which is what they use for angina, heart pain and stuff, because it can cause a precipitous drop in blood pressure. Um, if you've got had a recent heart attack or if you've got what we call congestive cardiac failure, where you can't... Walk up three two sides of stairs because you've got fluid in the lung. And the main reason why the, the myocardial infarct and the uh, congestive failure you can't use it is because you shouldn't be doing any exercise at that stage. It's not and sex is a form of exercise. So mm. I don't think it's it's it, exclusive as well. If you've got a patient who uh, you've got a patient who's, who's got a problem with erectile dysfunction and they've got these, they're getting their other treatments conc- uh, concurrently treated. I think it's an excellent choice to start on one of these PDE-5s. And the, the ones over the counter, we're not too sure about. We know sure. that they, they, some of them might contain that. There's some injectables, but those ones can cause what we call priapism, and that's not the first-line treatment. So I really don't think it would be a terrible thing to put them on treatment.
0: All right. Let's talk about this groundbreaking uh, research that was conducted uh, by Cedars-Sinai uh, uh, Medical Center in LA. Uh, good afternoon, once again, Nicole. And uh, please just indulge us on uh, what were some of the um, aha moments in in the research.
4: Alright, so the research was conducted among approximately 300 men, and what this study particularly looked at is to what extent a man's physical activity can have an impact on erectile dysfunction and lack of erectile dysfunction, and they found that on average Men that spend approximately two hours of strenuous exercise per week or men spending at least 3.5 hours of moderate intense exercise and then also six hours of light exercise, such as just walking and, you know, very comfortable exercise to do. Um, showed a very visible uh, decrease in signs of erectile dysfunction. Um, and in the group that uh, conducted the strenuous exercise, they saw that um, erectile dysfunction decreased by a significant 17.3 points. So I think just bringing home that message again that, like all the other organs in the body, such as the heart, the mind, um, mm. you know, the genitalia also can be a precursor of unhealthy lifestyle. And while the treatments that are available in South Africa are very effective, ultimately, uh, health lifestyle in terms of diet and in terms of regular exercise to strengthen the cardiovascular system um, you know is a very sustainable and effective way to address the issue of erectile dysfunction
0: and I I mean is there do we know why most men suffer in silence Uh, did this come out in any way in the research
4: So this study particularly didn't address this, but one of the the issues that come up regularly that we experience on an online platform where we discuss this issue with patients that suffer with ED um, is the fact that the condition is still very stigmatized, and I think many men don't um, necessarily realize that ED affects most men at some point in their life. And, um, you know, there really is... uh, Um, no reason to feel reluctant to ask your healthcare professional for help. Um, There are many affordable treatments available. And again, with ED in many cases being a precursor of heart disease at a later stage in life, it really is in that patient's best interest to get treatment as soon as possible, but not just to address the ED in particular, but Mm -hmm. to get advice from their healthcare professional and to start implementing the lifestyle changes that ultimately um, can prevent other diseases of lifestyle.
0: All right, uh, let's take your voice notes and uh, you can send this uh, on 614 104 uh, Questions, comments uh, for my guests. Uh, uh, joining me on the line is Nicole Jennings, uh, spokesperson for Pharma Dynamics. And uh, we also have Dr. Shingai Mutambira, who's a urologist, um, holding uh, on the line for us uh, to take your questions, comments.
3: Hi, Griselda. Um, this is now from the Eastern Cape. Um, I have not uh, noticed any uh, erectile dysfunctionality on my side, but I have a bit of a problem. You know, when I sleep at night, right in the middle of the night somewhere, um, deep in my sleep, and I would uh, have heart, uh, heart palpitations. I'm not sure what you call them. Um, my heart would be beating so abnormally, and I would wake up in the morning uh, uh, right immediately, early hours of the morning, uh, sweaty and uh, trying to gasp my air. It, it it has not necessarily affected my sexuality, but uh, how, how how related could that be to my uh, to my sexuality? This is now from the Eastern Cape.
0: Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. Aldo, thank you for the ed uh, subject matter at the moment uh, it's quite helpful i must say it's also eye-opening especially for, for for us men um may i please ask if you haven't been so much active or you know sexually you know what what are the chances that you you could perhaps encounter this kind of an you know uh Possible ED if if you haven't been that much active uh, sexually, and um, and 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 by not being that frequently active, uh, would it be a cause? Would it be a co- cause, perhaps, of, of 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 an ED as well, or or what could be the case? SAFM.
3: Good afternoon, Chris Alda and talk. I just want to check uh, if the tired penis, which I think is the condition, is related to the damages that doctor has, be, has mentioned, the damages around the sponges or soft organs within the penis. And also, my second question would be uh, the tired penis, could it be uh, reversed or, or made better by the Kegel exercise, for instance? What other um, remedies are there uh, to address the issue of um, tire penis or the damaged uh, sponges, if they are related? Thank you.
0: All right. I'm going to um, ask uh, Dr. Mudambira to respond to this. Uh, I I hope you do know what a tire penis is.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah. I don't exactly know what he means by a tired penis, but it, to me it sounds like you might not be getting what we call morning erections now. Mm. Essentially erections, there are three types of erections for the listeners, for your purposes. One is what we call the psychogenic, the one which you know, most men know where you feel a, have a feeling of sex and you send a signal and then you get the erection to happen. Um, there's another one called reflexogenic, which is sort of like a reflex where the, if you t- t- pinch the tip of the penis, it causes a, a cascade, but without having to, the psychological part of it, and then there's what we call nocturnal erections, which are which is what almost every baby, well, all baby kids will get. They get eight, between eight and twelve erections per day. The main reason is just to increase blood flow into the, uh, the, the oxygenation of, the, of these spongy tissues at some stage, because otherwise it, they can actually get damaged. So it's actually good for the kids to get uh, those erections. Now we think the nocturnal erections, one that we wake up with, um, is it should be there, and we do usually basically nocturnal lungs on, uh, we think it's to do with testosterone, the testosterone level. So often these guys get into the manopause, they make start losing their morning erections and that may be what they're, what he's talking about. And again, he just needs to get checked out, make sure there's no other underlying thing and if necessary uh, to get his testosterone checked and then see what happens from there.
0: Because there is always a cause. I mean, nothing happens. Um, uh, by chance. Uh, let's talk about lack of uh, sexual activity. Uh, Nicole, is there any understanding or connection to uh, that would lead to erectile dysfunction because one is not active?
4: The, the link between physical activity and um, one's ability to get and maintain an erection and again you know, as with heart disease it's estimated um, in South Africa that approximately 80% of heart disease can be prevented through healthier lifestyle change and with ED um, in many cases being a precursor of heart disease certainly lifestyle is absolutely crucial um, when it comes to ED um, of course there are in many cases um, a mental element as well um, when it comes to um, ED in particular but if it's in cases where it is a physical issue, um, oftentimes uh, a physical activity can make a difference. Just to speak to the level of sexual activity, I know one of your listeners asked as well.
0: But the, That's um, the question I asked you. <laughs> oh,
4: sorry. Um, in
0: general, this is not linked to prevalence
4: of ED but we do see that most men experience ED at some point in their lives and um, generally this these are men between the ages of 40 and 50. Mm-hmm. However, nowadays, doctors are also diagnosing the condition in younger men with mm-hmm. about a quarter of men in South Africa um, complaining of ED under the age of 40 years.
0: Uh, what's confusing about um, Newo's uh, question, Dr. Mutambira, is that uh, he, he talks about having these palpitations, um, but he says he doesn't really have uh, an erectile dysfunction. Okay, I
1: think First of all, just a little bit more about that sexual. Well, before I go to nails, but the, remember, we sort of Nicole is quite right that there's no direct links, but we do know that the, the more you, we sort of say, the more you use it, the more you use it, the less you lose it.
2: So ah. point,
1: you do need to get some blood flow into the penis. We often, essentially the penis is uh, slightly low in oxygen when it's flatted, and if you stays up too long, it can also get low in, in high in carbon dioxide, which can damage it. So it's like a sweet spot. Where if you have enough erections, it will help to improve your penis. So although it's not, you don't have to have physical intimacy with anybody. You don't have to masturbate or anything. What mm-hmm. body usually will do it with the morning erections and that sort of thing. But there is some slight link that if you, the more you if you are if the more you are having active sexual activity, the more likely less likely you're going to have erectile
0: problems. So in in a case where you're worried about that, masturbation would be an option.
1: Oh yes, masturbation is an excellent option for for, for sexual activity. It increases. It's the same erection that's going to be happening, mm. and there's no danger from it. The only difference is that if you don't between that and the relationship uh, sex, is that there's 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 uh, there's, uh, there's, um, uh, there's less of it, less intimacy. That's sure. the main issue. What? And now it's now single. I think he must actually get it checked out. I know he's not a, he wasn't talking about erectile problems.
0: No, no, don't. no. He was just worried yeah. that he's yeah. not the, active. Is. Could that lead to yes. uh, erectile think, dysfunction?
1: Uh, just like Nicole said, everything to do with exercise and get a good health is good for your heart. Mm. And I think if he hasn't been exercising, it's a very, quite a high risk. He's probably having something called obstructive sleep apnea, which basically means he stops breathing sometimes during the night. It can happen in up to... 40-50% of guys who are overweight and obese and it increases the increases your oxygen, it can damage your blood vessels mm-hmm. and it can cause damage to the heart such as palpitations. You shouldn't be taking it lightly. You should go and see his physician, get an ECG and be fully checked as well.
0: It is abnormal. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, hear this one last voice note.
3: Hi, guys. Nice topic on ED. Quick question. Uh, Besides the lifestyle changing lifestyle, obviously eating healthy, blah blah blah. I just want to find out if is there something natural that um, one can eat which will improve the blood flow as well as the erect one's erection. For instance, like fruit, types of fruit, types of veggies, type of plants, blah blah blah. Thanks a lot.
0: All right. Uh, um, I'm almost I can vouch that that is um, also in a way touching uh, on uh, going for an anema uh, to just uh, get some vuma. And uh, Nicole, any plants that you know of or things that uh, one can eat in improving erectile dysfunction or even um, prevention? Well, I mean,
4: in general, again, coming down to generally a healthy lifestyle would certainly um, include a fair amount of fruit and vegetables on a daily basis. I'm not aware of any ingredients that have any clinical studies that prove that they can actually improve ED, Um, but certainly when it comes to just maintaining a healthy, balanced lifestyle Mm. in terms of limiting alcohol intake, limiting salt intake, sugar intake, and focusing on natural healthy ingredients, that, um, you know, will certainly uh, play. A role
0: in improving ED, uh, Dr. Mutambira. Is there any herb that is known um, that has been researched?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very interesting question. But the, po- the point is not that, like Nicole saying, it's not just about what you what you, what, what you're taking. He like to say that he wants to get back to normal or natural. A lot of these so-called natural products don't either don't have to have very little evidence. In fact, there's been very good data recently showing that the the taking of multivitamins and things actually can is not really necessary and it doesn't protect you from heart attacks or strokes and that sort of thing. So, I think first of all, just to get back to the basics, history, you must take care of your health, mm. exercise, good diet, and that sort of thing. Now, having said that, there are lots of things that have always propelled it from, um, from Ryan, rhino horn, for example, which is exactly the same as the nails on your hand. That's the same chemical. And a lot of them. People will give anecdotal evidence that they work, but like Nicole says, there's really no evidence that any of these things can directly work. There are some things, like for example, some of these uh, these, these, these uh, traditional medications that are often pouted, and there has been some data. My mother actually was involved in one of the trials on, on the traditional medications for uh, for for sexual dysfunction, and it actually did work. But the reason why it was working was because it was it was irritating the the, the kidneys and the, the mm. lining of the penis. Which then makes you, gives you a reflex erection. But the point is it didn't work effectively as well. And it also can damage your kidneys. It can uh, basically give you kidney failure. It can make you bleed in the urine and also then gives you diarrhea. So I really think if you're going to be doing anything, check something which has been uh, thoroughly researched. But uh, the basic thing again, general health, good diet, decreased uh, and, and exercise.
0: Thank you, thank you very much uh, to both of you. And and um, uh, Nicole, where can people uh, access this research and uh, perhaps for the, the, you know the different campaigns in uh, educating about men's uh, health? All
4: right. So an in-depth article is uploaded onto the Dynamics website, and that's pharmadynamics.co.za, where they can access this research as well as some um, great tips when it comes to maintaining health in general and particularly with regards to ED. Then we've also got a website called educate, ed-uk.co.za, where people can find a, a, a whole array, array of um, educational material on ED. Um, and there's also a space where they can drop us a message if they do have any questions and we'll make sure Sure to
0: get back to them, Dr. Mutambira. I know that you're a specialist. One just doesn't pop into your offices. Um, do you have hospitals that perhaps you still uh, operate in?
1: Oh yeah, my, my, my main job is I'm I'm, I'm a professor and head of department at the uh, George, Dr. George Mukare Academic Hospital in Nakamakato Health Sciences University. So that's where they that's where they, that's where you can actually contact me, and then we uh, you can contact either my offices or my.
0: Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, That's uh, Dr. Shingai Mutambira, who's a a urologist. Thank you. Thank you very much for always informing uh, nations. Like I always say that you save relationships, you save marriages. And thank you for that insight. All right. We're also joined by Nicole Jennings, uh, who is fast becoming no stranger uh, to this show as we continue to just uh, enlighten. Um, She is spokesperson for Pharma Dynamics, a pharmaceutical firm specializing in men's health. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. And thank you for always sharing those insightful research uh, materials.
4: It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Kusalba.
0: Right, that's where we end this conversation. Coming up next, we we'll look at how you can protect yourself uh, from...